Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe What's going on, Heat Nation? It's your boy, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me at Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And I got the homie Kevin with me today. We should be um, seeing uh, K coming in real quick. So shout out to him. And today, I'm not even going to lie. I don't even think I have too much of the strength to do a pod, but y'all know we always on the grind with it. So here we are today. Um... If y'all are, if y'all have seen these last couple of games, y'all probably know why I'm sounding like this because I ain't gonna lie, it's only been two games, but it's been hell. And let's let's just look into it real quick because the Heat beat the Celtics a few days ago, and I was feeling really good about it. I was hyped. Jimmy Butler made his return. He had that whole video on Instagram being like, you know, Boston, here I come. I'm getting thirsty. And then he pulls up to Boston and has that great of a game where he does not one, but two daggers. The first dagger we thought was going to be it. But then Jalen Brown made that crazy shot. But then he said, okay, that's fine. I'm going to make another one. And he does just that in overtime. Great feeling overall. And I just remember seeing that game. And I I wanted to do a pod right after that because I just felt so lit after seeing that. And I remember thinking, this is going to be the moment where we really get things going. Like, I was so excited, and I cannot wait to see what this team was going to do. Fast forward to this Grizzlies game. I was I was excited. I was a little worried because Miami has this history of not playing good against teams that are, are shorthanded. But I still thought they were going to use this momentum that they had after beating Boston to take care of Memphis. Spoiler alert, it did not happen. And this was a Grizzlies team that did not have John Morant. They did not have um, Jaron Jackson Jr., nor did they even have Desmond Bain, to name a few, by the way. And they lost to them. And I don't know even what to make of that. But just when I thought it couldn't get worse, you know, I go into the day after thinking that we'll get it together and that we'll win this game. Who are we playing? A Detroit Pistons team who's 1-14 against teams in the Eastern Conference, at least heading into last night's game. What happened, y'all ask? We lose about 20 points, and we make Boyan Bogdanovich look like this pure hooper. I don't know what to really make of it. I'm at my wit's end right now because every time it seems like the Heat are finally getting it together... And I was saying this on yesterday's um, HBTW Fallout episode, which you can catch on the, our YouTube channel, so make sure to check it out. I said on there, every time we take a step forward this season, we take two steps back. Because a couple pods ago, we had the whole thing where we said, oh, you know what? The Heat beat the Suns. This is a great way to get the momentum going. Let's run with it. And we went on a four-game losing streak. We beat the Celtics. It was great. We were really happy about it. Boom. We lose to a shorthanded Grizzlies team, and we get blown out by the Pistons. So all I can really say at this point is that I, I really don't know what to really make of this team at this point. 
All I know is I can't even get excited about any wins because it feels like no matter how much a win feels good for you, you never know what's going to happen next because that's been the story with the Heat all year. It's been a roller coaster. There's been all kinds of ups and downs happening when you least expect it already. And I don't know. And you know what? I know we've had our times last year where we lost games, but it's so harder for me to not think about it when we're at the record we are at right now. Like we're 11 and 14 for crying out loud. So I still, I'm not going to give up on the heat. Y'all know I never will. But, you know, when you keep getting hit, hit with these types of blows, it makes you exhausted to the point where it's like you got to look at how much you're giving, like how much strength you have to root for this team. And you're like, do I really have it in me to root for this team? For like, what, how much games we have left? 57? Like, do I have the strength to keep this going for 57 more games? But... Overall, that's just my opening thoughts about it. And Kevin, how about you? Like, what's been going through your mind? The confusion around this team, man, because like, like you said, we lose last night's game against the Pistons by 20 points. And then you get, you know, you've had two big wins and beating the Phoenix Suns and beating the Celtics a few nights ago. Like, it's one of them instances where it's like this team could literally compete with anybody and they could literally lose with, to anybody on any given night. And it's confusing and frustrating as a fan because you just want some type of consistency, especially when you've seen it from not just this team, but the organization as a whole. But to me, like, I just think, like, it really comes down to that they just got to they gotta shake some things up. And when I say they, I mean Pat Riley, Andy Ellsberg, and everybody in that front office, like, it's time to make a trade. And I'm not one of them, like, y'all know me. Y'all have heard this podcast multiple times that I've been on it. Like, I'm not a doom and gloom type person, but I do just think, like, I was telling Joe before we started, like, we need some new blood. We need some new energy on this team because it's kind of been the same for the past few years. And, yeah, P.J. Tucker did bring a, a different type of energy, but I'm talking about younger and something that could, you know, span for a little bit longer and, and that's more long-lasting. So, like, I'm not completely giving up on this team because, again, like, when you look at the East, like, outside of Boston and Milwaukee, like, nobody's been consistent like that. Even Cleveland's kind of been up and down a little bit. But outside of those, like, three teams, like, anybody could rise up to the occasion. And if I'm looking at it, like, the Heat probably has the best chance out of all those teams. People probably don't want to say that. You probably look at Philly. You might look at Atlanta, even though I wouldn't even look at Atlanta. I wouldn't even look at Philly, really. But, like, the Heat have a real opportunity to take advantage and literally get back into the top four uh, of the Eastern Conference. And it really just comes down to them. But I'm not too mad at the players because it's just, like, this is what it's been. This is what it's always been. This is what it's been ever since Jimmy walked through them doors a few years ago. Like, it's the same team with the same problems. Some years they figure it out. Some years they haven't. I'm hoping that's not the case with this year's team, that they do actually figure it out. But, again, I'm not too worried. Um, I am kind of concerned. But, I mean, we'll see, man. It's still kind of early. It's not too early anymore. Like, obviously, we're working our way into the middle of the season. But, you know, something's got to change eventually because right now, I'm just not seeing it. Right. And before I pass the mic to you, Kay, I just got to say real quick that there was an interesting stat that I saw on Twitter. Um, This guy, Biscayne Main on Twitter, he tweeted something that I thought was crazy that caught my attention. And it's the fact that, and this goes to what you were saying earlier, Kevin, about getting that young blood into this team. I mean, I mean some new blood into this team is the fact that there are literally – 
it's literally been so long since we have made some sort of new acquisition. You know, I'm talking about not related to the draft, but flat out signing or trading for a drafted player. And I'm talking about the fact that the last time we saw that was literally August of last year when we got Markeith Morris. Since then, we have not traded, nor we have signed an actual drafted player onto this team. It has been that long. And I mean, I get it. I understand that we want to build up all this hope into these undrafted players. And there's nothing wrong with being proud of how you develop these guys. But like, I feel like we've invested so much into them that it's starting to get a little too extreme at this extent. And I don't know if y'all feel the same way, but it's getting to a point where there are times where we're giving um, all these minutes to lineups that will feature undrafted un undrafted players only. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, we really take this thing a little too seriously. And I don't know. That's just something else to think about. Like, I feel like we low-key just need to calm it down with not only getting undrafted players, but just finally, you know, getting some new blood into this team. So I'm really glad you brought up that point, Kevin. And Kay, what about you? I mean, you guys know me, man. I'm the real optimist. Um, here's the deal. The last two games were awful. Like, it doesn't look good. It's not It's not great. You should have beat Memphis without John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Desmond Bain in the lineup. They're top three players. You can argue Dylan Brooks is at three, but I'll take Desmond Bain over him. Um, they lost to, you know, the Detroit Pistons last night, who we look at as a bottom dweller in the league, bottom two record, bottom three, depending on the night, and how Orlando – and uh, that other team down there is doing it. Doesn't, it just slips my mind right now. I know Orlando's among that group, though. Um, I said all that to say this. First of all, what we need to do um, is we need to look at the fact that this Miami Heat team shouldn't have lost this game, but we can't write off, you know, this Detroit team as the same team they were a month ago because they did beat Detroit, Utah, and um, Dallas. I mean, they did beat Denver, Utah, and Dallas all within a two-week span. But that's not saying we shouldn't have beat them. That's no excuse. We should have mollywhopped this team. But this team is shown capable of being able to beat you if you don't come to handle your business. Um, secondly, as you guys, I think it might have been Joel alluded to it, or maybe Kevin, one of you guys, um, Bogdanovich, I mean, he went off. It, he was the difference. Like, I think he had um, all except three of his points in the second half. I think he did like 16 in the – was it like 16 in the third and 14 in the in the, in the fourth? Um, either way, he killed us. Um, and you look at a guy like Kyle Laurie, and I don't mean to go into, you know, rambling. Um, and, of course, you wanted more for him point-wise. But if you look at that first half, Bogdanovich wasn't able to kill us because every time he crossed his man up, because he did, he was getting by guys in the first half. He just couldn't finish because, ironically enough, every time he got by a guy, Kyle Laurie was there to rake in or to make his finish difficult and keep him out of rhythm. Um, shout out there, but that's something they didn't continue to do in the second half, allowing him to get in the rhythm. And once he got in the rhythm, he is a guy that once he starts filling himself, can give you buckets over top of any defense you want to throw at him. And that's why he keeps getting deals, the deals that he's getting. Signed a two-year re-up with Detroit, I want to say. Um, now, speaking of continuity and consistency, that's an issue that the Heat have to work out. And I go back to a couple things that both of you guys have said. They've beaten Phoenix. They've beaten Boston. They've shown you what they can do when they're operating the way they're supposed to. Now, the thing about the Miami Heat is just the way that they deploy it now, 
it's very hit or miss. And it doesn't matter who you're playing on the other side. It can hit some nights. And when it hit, it hit. Wins over Phoenix, wins over Boston. And then it can miss some nights. And when it miss, it miss. Losses to a banged up Grizzlies team. Another loss to a Detroit Pistons team at home that you should have ran out of the building. I've been saying this since the beginning of the season. And I'm at this point again where every and, and, and I, I get it. People are saying new energy, new energy. Like, yeah, there's a way to do that without actually. And this isn't me coming directly at your take, Kev, or your take, Joel. I'm just saying it's a thing. It's a common take that's out there in the ethos. But here's something that we're all not considering. Tyler Hero was a top 25 scorer off the bench last season. The Miami Heat were a top seed in the East. He got his money. You know you want him to be a starter. You know you want him to be a foundation piece moving forward and into the future. But what works best for the Miami Heat? You solve so many issues by deploying old boy off the bench. Not only do you allow him to get his shots in the rhythm, in the flow of that second unit offense, and of course you'll stagger him with the main guys, but you then maximize that production while giving your bench some firepower because they suck. Consistency is the problem with them. They'll have a couple of guys step up, but a lot of them won't do it at the same time. Um, so you can give them some firepower. You also make those guys in the first unit. Your Kayla Mons, your Max Struces, your Jimmy Butler when he wanted to be passive, your Bam Adebayo when he wanted to be passive. Um, you even make Kyle Lloyd shoot a couple of more shots and when he wanted to be passive because he shot a shot last night against the Pistons it just went fall. But as I mentioned, he did a bunch of other stuff to impact the winning, so don't point to him. But – I mean, it's just a situation where they have to figure out how to maximize all of their pieces because you have too many situations where Max Struess is inconsistent. He'll give you 25-31 game and then come out and give you four or five. You have too many games where Caleb Martin isn't giving you anything because he doesn't have a chance to get in rhythm and be that the natural flow of the game or be that because Tyler Hero is on a cooker, which wouldn't hurt if he was in the second unit doing that most of the part, another factor. Um, it's not allowing everybody to be able to give you what they give you when this Miami Heat team is operating at peak efficiency. And I think those are the core issues that they need to work out. When they're at their best, they've shown you, even when they're at the half best, competing against Boston without Jimmy Butler until the very end, and the shootout, might I add. Um, they can compete, but you need to find something that's every night. And I think that the only thing that you can do to get the best out of everybody every night and be sure of that is give Tyler the whole rock in the second unit with a little bit of depot to help him out, which is my next point, but I'll save some because I've talked a minute here with a little bit of depot to help him out. And then that'll allow everybody else to get their stuff off in the first unit because Jimmy Butler doesn't need help. He can do whatever he wants to do, but Jimmy Butler does what he thinks is best for the team. And I'll take it back to Memphis where he felt like he was going to let Tyler Hero, let Bam Adebayo eat early until in the second half, he realized like, oh shit, I got to eat. And that's what you saw him try to do. So I don't worry about him as much as everybody else. Sorry, guys. I know I'm long-winded, but we're in a oh, dire nah. situation. Nah, no worries. And to be honest with you, I'm definitely on the train of having Tyler come off the bench because something that we've mentioned in the past and something I can't stress enough is the fact that people will look at that as a bit of an insult. But the truth is, as long as he's getting the same minutes that he would probably get as a starter, I mean, there should be nothing wrong with it. At the end of the day, it's about doing what works for the team. And I personally believe that Tyler coming off of the bench would do just that. You know, like you mentioned, it helps everyone get their touches. And I think putting him off the bench will help give the Heat that boost that they need, especially when you consider the fact that they've been struggling like crazy from the bench as of lately. 
You know, I mean, look at yesterday's game. I mean, there was a point, you know, in the third quarter where the Heat only had four points, you know, from the bench. Think about it. That deep into the game and your bench was only able to give you that much. Like, it's insane to think about. And, um, Kevin, is there anything you want to add into this? I mean, like, I 100% feel, okay. I'm just like, bringing, bringing Tyler off the bench is cool. And obviously, like, it worked last year um, or it's worked for the past couple years, whatever the case may be. I just think that it's like, it's still the, like, it, it don't really, it, it puts Tyler in with the second unit, yeah, and, and your offense doesn't just go down the gutter. But it's still like, you look at the starters, like, Kyle's not out there hunting shots. Jim, like you said, Jimmy not out there hunting shots. We've been asking Bam to hunt shots, and he only does that like once a month. And then it's like, who else does that leave you with? Like, so it's just like, again, that's why I said we need new blood and new energy because it's like we've been with the same dudes for the past however long since Jimmy's been here, and we can't just expect somebody to keep gradually getting better as a scorer. Like, Caleb does what he does. He scores in instances, but he's not a scorer. Jimmy is an all-around star, in my opinion, superstar for that matter. So it's like, I don't know. Like, I I, I get the idea, but it's just like it, it doesn't really change anything for me except that it helps the bench, but that's, the offense is still going to be the offense. Like, it's it's all, it's all the same to me. It's, it, it's always been – since Jimmy's walked into the Miami Heat, it's been a lack of offensive production scoring-wise. And right now, the only person that could change that is maybe – Bam, but even then it's like I don't really I'm not dying for Bam to score like that. So I don't know. I get it, but I don't think that takes us and helps us in the in the meantime right now. So while I'm not gonna refute your point or your points, Kev, not at all. I'm not even gonna act like you're wrong. I'm right. No, I'm not asking that. I'm just gonna ask a couple of questions and like and just see if you can understand where I'm coming from. And again, this may not be the end all be all, but I think it's something that you have to try. Um, before you, you know, <clears throat> go full on helter skelter and, you know, hit the nuke button. So here's the thing. If you, I understand what you're saying, but it's not going to help the starters. Right. But let, but, but hear this out. Has Kyle Laurie been better than he was last year? Well, for, I mean, if we're just talking regular season, yeah. For the most part. Right. Well, or, that's yeah. all we, you know, that's all yeah. we can judge as a whole. Part. Yeah. 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 Right. Sure. Okay. So have we, even though we still want more from Bam, I know you say you don't want him to score. I do because I think he's LeBron. Everybody's tried to call him KG, but I think at his most aggressive, he's LeBron. Like a lot of the shit he does on the floor, it's LeBron-esque. Nobody that big, that strong, that athletic should also have that skill set, and Bam does. But um, have we seen him be more aggressive and more dominant on more occasions than we have at any point in his career thus far? Yeah. Okay. Thirdly, if Jimmy Butler has to do that, then he's then like we said, he's an all-around great player. He'll do mm -hmm. what he has to do. We agree there. Yes. Okay. And I'm not trying to treat you, I'm not trying to carry you. I'm just making no, sure we walk in there. I'm, I'm okay, here. facts. I just want to make sure. Yeah, I just yeah. want to make sure you realize I'm not patronizing you. Yeah. Um sure. so Max Struess, I spoke about the inconsistency there. Caleb, you said he's a rhythm guy. Well, with the inconsistencies and rhythm, you have a greater chance to find that rhythm. Or for that to be your night if you're getting those touches, right? Yeah. Right. So my point is, Tyler Hero's getting his touches right now, right? Yep. 
but those guys aren't able to get their touches and it's showing sometimes they explode and sometimes they, you know, all the guys we need them to be and sometimes they aren't, but you aren't always giving them a proper chance if they have to splice their touches amongst everybody else and Tyler Hero. Well, by bringing Tyler Hero off the pond, you can still get Tyler Hero all of his touches where he still has an opportunity to give you that production that you need and want from him so bad. The production that he's actually given you the last two nights. If you want to look at a guy and say he's done his damn job, it's Tyler Hero. I can't front on that. But mm-hmm. um, he can still give you that because he's going to get his touches. But what that also allows you to do is get Max and Caleb their opportunity, just in two examples, because that applies for several guys. But 100%. get those type of guys their touches early on with starters that are going to take the most attention, get them the best looks, thus give them an opportunity to better get in rhythm and start hitting some shots and help the team because Tyler's elite, bro. He can come in and do what the hell he do no matter who's on the court. It's those other guys that you have to create the optimal environment. And that's always been my thing about Max Strews because, like, even over the last season, yeah, Duncan fell so far out of the rotation that you just gave his chances to Max Strews. But it's like, yo – Strews mad inconsistent too. We got another guy over there that when Strews ain't hitting, instead of still hunting for him 15 looks, give him eight and see if Duncan can do some with seven of them. There are things that we can do, is all I'm saying, internally that can help us. And I'm not saying that again. I just want to stress, you might be right, bro. It might be time yeah. to do something, to shake it up. I just think that when you had a guy that was a top 25 score off the bench last year and you were a number one seed, Mm-hmm. And this is something that isn't like this isn't Monday morning quarterbacking. Like this isn't okay. I saw these last two games, and now I'm saying this. Like it's documented. I've been it's saying off. this shit since last off season. Like no, in order for the Heat, excuse me, I got a little blubby blubby there. In order for the Heat to be their best, then Tyler Hero has to come in and do what he does off the bench because it just helps everything run more efficiently. Personal opinion. I'm I'm probably in a minority. Because I know a lot of people saying this is a knock on Tyler to start, and as you mentioned to, as you alluded to, Joe, it's not, bro. We're giving you the minutes. You got the big bread, and now it's about winning. Nah, and I hear you too. Um, my fault, Joe. I gotta 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 say this. Like, now that you explain it like that, I'm one thousand percent with you. To me, it's the only thing is that, like, let's be real. Like, in the regular season, Tyler is our best scorer, right? And Jimmy saves his best performance. Or he says, you know, he gives us a, good, a great performance here and there when he wants to in the regular season. But he saves it for the playoffs for the most part. So it's like my biggest issue with Tyler, and I've been on the record documenting a million different times saying this, and it's really not even a, a knock on Tyler. It's more so just that for your best regular season score to be a guy that consistently relies on making tough shots, like it's hard to get it like that. Like you look around the league and obviously like, I'm not going to sit here and compare Tyler to freaking Tatum or Luke or anything like that, but it's like, obviously those guys get their buckets in way in a variety of different ways. And Tyler's so dependent on the step backs, you know, the, the dribble handoffs and different things like that. And it's like, yeah, can he be that guy? A hundred percent. I think he is that guy, but I'm just like the way that Tyler gets his buckets to me is not conducive to, a lot of success because it's not, I'm not going to say it's easy to game plan for, but he, he doesn't make you work as harder as hard as some of the other guys around the league. And that's my only thing is just like, like, yeah, off the bench is probably, it probably would work. Like your idea is probably a hundred percent spot on. Like, I just think that 
giving him more shots is just I don't know. It's it I don't know. I'm I'm with the idea. I just to me, I just think, man, it's it's time to get somebody else in here because the offense got to open up eventually. Absolutely. So I just I always stress this because we're having a healthy conversation, a spirited debate debate here. I'm not disagreeing with Kev on the new blood thing. So let's put that there and I don't have to address that no more. So if you want to say it, absolutely know that I might agree with that part after we try this. I just don't want it to ever seem like I'm still fighting that. Now we're talking about the Tyler Hero part of it. So you mentioned that the tough shot thing. Agree. That's always been his gift, though. And it like isn't just the step back jumpers or the dribble handoffs. When you look at the cat layups, he routinely jumps off the wrong foot, takes it a step off from the like wonky platforms and just, you know, body formations, like anaerobics that aren't typical in finishing. Tyler Hero has always excelled at that from his rookie year. So I agree with you. And we agree that he is that guy. That's just his game. But what I will also point to is also the fact that he's always been an above average to elite rebounder from a guard position. He's really leaned into it over the last two weeks since he got the triple double. But that's just been a thing that people are pointing to. So Johnny come lately. Nah, he's always been a very, very, very good rebounder for his position. But his evolution is not only continuing to lean into those exterior or those, you know, um, extracurricular stats, like the assisting, the playmaking, becoming more of a, you know, playmaker for his teammates, hitting the boards, doing the little things, continuing. Like, notice the little runouts, how he's humping it to get out to shooters. He's not a great defender, but all you want from a guy like that is for him to try his ass off, and you see all of that. But as far as his offense and getting away from having to totally rely on the tough stuff, you're seeing him grow in that how he's countering or balancing his tough stuff is the defense knows that he does that shit too. Excuse my French. I'm feeling this. I'm sorry, Joe. Bloop me out a lot. But <laughs> what he's doing is he's manipulating the space and the three-level ability to make those tough shots to now find easier looks. Look at how easy he gets to the floater. Look at how easy he's getting to the rim once he gets the defender out on his island. Yeah, he's still making this tough Tyler looks, but we're seeing the evolution of him be able to play off of that on a three-level basis and get easier looks simply off of the notion that the defense know too, hey, this cat can hit this tough shot. But lastly, if you're playing against second unit guys, they ain't as good a defender. So all of that tough stuff can get just as much easy and everything that he do like waking up is going to look so, so, so easy. So that's, you know, just to tie a bow around. Or should look so, so easy against bench guys, you presume. Right. So, Kevin, do you have anything you want to add or are we ready to move on? No, nah, I think we hit on everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I agree with everything I have to say. You know, it's definitely something that is worth thinking about. And honestly, you know what? It's one of those things where I just simply look back at the success from last season and Tyler coming off the bench was a key part of it, which is why I Another reason why I'm so hyped up about the idea of having him do it. And at the end of the day, like we mentioned, it's not a knock at him for everything he's brought as a starter and such. But, you know, sometimes it's not too bad to kind of repeat where you've had your success from in the past. You know, try to copy that same type of formula. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But in this scenario, I think it could. So with that being said, let's go right into our sponsor real quick. 
Um, NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. Now, uh, let's see. Who are he playing against? I don't even know anymore. Let's see. Clippers. Clippers, all right. So I don't even know how to feel. But, you know, the Heat love to show up against big teams and do – do that's but see Joe. I'm glad you brought that up, and I hate to cut you off. We gotta <laughs> hope that PG and Kawhi aren't doubtful already, because if that's the case, I'm scared as hell. <laughs> so yeah, um, if so, I'll say this for my gamble. Um, if the Heat do, if the Heat do have to play PG and Kawhi, I think Miami will pull up with the win, right? Because we'll get a better showing, right? And if not, then you know what. I don't know, man. I'll be optimistic, but I ain't saying nothing else. <laughs> Anyways, with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Anyways, so I wanted to bring this question up because I know, like, everybody's been going on the trade machine as of lately. And, you know, I don't really do that type of stuff because it's so hard to really imagine what the Heat could be thinking of regarding what could be a potential move. But I want to know, like, everybody is talking about how this team still has a chance to win a championship. And I always believe that. <laughs> I just saw what you put in the chat. <laughs> um, you know, like, I just got to ask the question, though, because we we believe that this team's goal is to win a championship, and we know the Heat knows that, too. Um, But a trade, in my opinion, is needed, and I want to know, like, do you guys think there are potential needle movers for Miami? Because there's not really superstars that are out there right now, you know, unless KD is magically back on the market, same thing. And you know what? You could say Kyrie, but the whole thing with him has been a mess, so I'm not really going to mention that. But, you know, Kyrie, too, if Miami was to take a chance on him, if he was to be on the market. But aside from big names like that, you know, there's a lot of role players that could potentially come on the market. And I want to know, is there any guys that you honestly think could be new needle movers aside from those big names like KD? Um, we'll start off with you, Kay. Man, look, I'm I'm the king of let's go find a heat target. And for some reason, I don't know how these guys never end up on the radar until the following season when they go somewhere else for the low ski. And then we're on there screaming like the heat could have had him, you know, like we're doing for Jeremy Grant. I wasn't about moving the franchise for Jeremy Grant, but um, uh, top four protected is still a little tough. But I don't know. I think they could have been a little more aggressive there. The money did scare me too, though, with him because you didn't know his outside shot would come around this much. Okay, now whipping that back around, I look at guys like Dario Saric. I look at guys like Chemezi Metu out in Sacramento. I look at guys like um, I, 
yo, I'm gonna say this, and me and a friend was talking about it. Um, Tiffany makes she works with Heat Beat a lot. Shout out to her. Um, I think that Oklahoma wants to build around Giddy, and I say that because Giddy being a big six seven ish ball moving point guard who rather go out and get you a triple double 12 points 11 rebounds 15 assists than being a pick and roll savant like shay um i think that that's what they're trying to build over there with a bunch of guys that are between six eight and seven five in the two through five position um so i think that they it, don't be shocked if they look to move past shay and of course you move everything that isn't tyler bam or jimmy for Shea at this particular point, if you get the opportunity. I just wanted to throw that out there because that's a whale. But like I said, Chemezi Matu, Yadario Sarages. Um, let me see. Has there been another guy that's really caught my attention? Ugh. Can't say that there's anybody that's not getting ticked. Anybody else will probably cost them too much. Like I really wanted Laurie Marketing, uh this offseason, and he's proceeded to come on and show you why. If you're still looking at Utah, of course, Jared Vanderbilt. Bring Kelly O back because, as I mentioned a couple shows ago, I hated the fact that we let him go anyway. But um, other than that, man, that's what I got. Also, I just got to say quickly, like, you know, there was a guy who cooked us yesterday. I don't know if y'all interested in him. But... He just signed that two-year deal, though. Remember? Oh, I mentioned that. that's true. That's true. He signed an you extension as soon as he went there. So it's like, uh, mm. they want him. Dang, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Um, and uh, Kevin, now there's a guy. You? There's a. I'm sorry, Kev, not to cut you off, but since you brought up that guy, there's a guy in Atlanta that shares his name that's about to be phased out. Either they're gonna tear that sucker down. So, oh, that's I could be, true. I could be Bogey. interested in him. I could be interested in him at the right price. That's a good name to bring up, Bogey. Yup. And how about you, or Kevin? Man, um. I don't think it's any needle movers. I just think it's it's a few guys that kind of just piece everything together, just kind of like knot it all together. Um, K definitely hit with Chimizzi Matu. Like I think when he told when he told me that a couple episodes ago, I don't even remember how long ago that was. Like that sitting on that, I, I actually like that one a lot. Um, a guy that I've been saying, I know he signed recently, but bro, man, I would love Larry Nance on this team, man. Like Larry Nance to me would have been the perfect fit on this team but that's a I think that's a foregone conclusion right now because he's doing his thing with the Pelicans right now but honestly I just I don't even know man like K pretty much hit on like the good ones like outside of that like to me like I guess like I'm, I'm still all aboard like if they can get Jared Vanderbilt I would love that too because I think even though he does have his limitations offensively like defensively he just he takes a lot of pressure off a lot of guys to be successful on that end. So, I mean, I, I wonder how they can make that work. Um, another guy who I, I wouldn't say is a needle mover either, but, bro, I would say Cam Reddish, bro. I think Cam Reddish yes. needs a situation like Miami where he can come in and actually be motivated. I think that's been his biggest issue is that he hasn't been motivated enough to play winning basketball like that. And um. I've always loved Cam personally coming out of not even just Duke coming out of high school. I thought he was a dog coming out of Pennsylvania. Um, and he, man, I just think Spo will maximize his game to an entirely different level. And people will look at him back at how he used to be viewed at when he was a McDonald's All American. So I'll probably just go with those names for now, to be honest. Salute, salute, salute for Larry Nance Jr. Um, and salute, salute for Cam Reddish. Um, Nance is a guy I've wanted. I haven't really touched on it a lot because I didn't see a path for us to be able to get him. 
But as far as Reddish, um, New York actually was a threat or possibility or even wanting to move him last year. And I was like, yo, why aren't we on that train? Like this cat can ball, he big, and he's still young as hell. You get him in this system, who knows what you could bring out of that. Man, I mean, it's crazy to think about. And like, you know, and I mean, it's funny because there is still some free agent guys out there too. I mean, like I know Kevin, like I know we've been high up on the, um, what's it called? The bandwagon for, what's his name? <laughs> DeMarcus Cousins. So, you know, even though it's not a trade, I mean, why not? You know, because Lord knows we need whatever we can get at this point. And I still believe Miami can try to turn things around with him if he was to come to the Heat. But overall, it's going to be interesting to see what the Heat does. I don't want to get too deep into the convo because at the end of the day, we still got a couple months left till the trade deadline comes. I really do hope we make a move soon simply because I do think it would be nice to try to fix some holes that are here right now before the trade deadline comes and then assuming that we can really get things going we can make another trade at the actual deadline and then we could just go from there but you know right now Miami I just need y'all to start winning games and because of that it's time to get into the final topic of the day and that's none other than this game against the Clippers because I don't know what to expect. I already said this before, and I'm going to say it again. It's the Miami Heat we're talking about. And like you mentioned, Kay, when we were doing our sponsorship, like, you know what? If Kay, if Kawhi and PG played, that might as well be good for the Heat because Lord knows that everybody's got to be healthy for the other team. If not, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's it might get to the point where I probably just might watch the game starting at the fourth quarter because we could be up 30 points by the end of the third, and it's not going to mean anything by the time the fourth quarter starts. So it's it's one of those things where you just got to wait and see. Like, what do you guys think? Like, what are, what is going to be y'all's expectations if the Heat do have to play Kawhi and PG? And what do you think could possibly happen if those two don't take the floor for this upcoming game? We'll start off with you, Kevin. Either or, bro. Just go win the goddamn ball game, bro. <laughs> like, I don't care who's playing, bro. I don't care if they bring... I don't even know who the greatest clipper of all time is. That's another conversation for another day. But regardless, bro, just get the win, bro. We need any wins that we could get. <laughs> um, any wins that we could get right now, because that's just what it comes down to, bro. And again, like I like my thing is like this team has shown us that they're not this far away, bro. Like, that's the most probably frustrating part for a lot of Heat fans out there, is like the inconsistencies are just damn near traumatizing because it's like they look great one night. They look like they can beat any team in the league one night, and then the next night they can't even compete against the worst team in the league. I don't even know who the worst team in the league is right now. But, like, just start to get into some type of winning streak. Oh, man, don't do me like that, okay? Get into some winning streak and go from there and just build off that, bro. Even if it's just three games – Whatever it takes to just get back to 500 and just start fresh from there, bro. Like, I know we hit 500, like, once this season, I think, so far. Like, get back to there and then just act like it's a completely new season and build off that. And when it comes to the Clippers, bro, like, they're going to be tough. Um, even w- with all the injuries, like, Ty Lue's still a hell of a coach. He's always going to have his guys ready. It's the same thing, bro. Like, 
just play hard, take pride on defense, offensively move the ball, find the, the hot shooters or whatever, find the dude that's hot at the time, and just make basketball simple, bro. Basketball is not as complicated as a lot of people like to make it seem. They like to use big words and different things like that. But in all actuality, the game is very simple. And it's like I don't think people really understand that sometimes. So, like, we get caught up in all this. We get caught up in all this extra stuff, so it's just like, bro, make the game as simple as it can be. We don't have everything that we probably want as a championship team, but I do think we have enough to make it work right now, especially through the regular season because, again, we've had success in the regular season. So right now, man, like I said, I don't care if Kawhi's on the floor. I don't care if he's 2019 Kawhi. I don't care if it's prime Paul George from 2015. Bro, just get the win somehow, some way, bro. Amen, 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 and amen. And I'm not talking about the player. I'm actually saying amen because <laughs> I wish to just get the win regardless, man. Like, the fact that I even got to ask y'all the question, what's the expectations if KD, I almost said KD, if Kawhi and PG do or do not play is insane, but it's at that point. <laughs> and K, like, what, what about you? Like, what's your take? Yeah, we feel the same way, man. You know how I said it. Um, I, I'm almost I'm more afraid to play a hobbled team at this point than I am to play um, a healthy team because, like, with the Miami Heat team that's had the same problems over the last three or four years, actually, if you look at a lot of Miami Heat teams outside of the Big Three era, and even during the Big Three era, it's just that you had three guys that are all a famer. So if you got three of them on any given night, they're all guys that can get hot and carry you offensive. You don't carry you offensively it doesn't look the same way. But the Miami Heat have always had a problem with getting offensively stagnant in the worst times. It's not a new thing. Um, and it's just something that they haven't been able to solve. And I almost feel like it's such a positive, it's to a detriment. They play a certain way. Their system is their system. And they find a way to fit guys into that system. But it oftentimes, perhaps, I'm going to say, takes away some of the natural go-get-itness out of a player. Like, not that that isn't there and not that the Miami Heat are purposely clipping it. It's just you want to try so hard to get the job done that you know that has been drilled into you in this particular franchise to do that job that it oftentimes, you know, you find yourself not doing some things that you may do. Again, not to give anybody a pass or any player anything a pass. I'm just saying maybe that's the situation. Um, We just need to win, like you guys said. We just need to go out here and win. Now, I would love a win. Um, if we get a close loss, I'm going to hate it. I'm not going to like it. I'm still going to talk shit. But most of all, I need to see him play the right way. I need to see him play hard. I need to see him not miss assignments. I need to see him finish. I need to see them play a first half and a second half. I need to see a first, a second, a third, and a fourth quarter, or at least a good part of each. Because if you look at the first half from the Pistons, it wasn't great. We went up 11, but then allowed them to pull close. But that first half wasn't great. But you're like, yeah, this is a game that's going to be closer than it should be. But the Heat playing scrappy, they're doing the right things. At the end of the day, their will is going to win over on the Pistons' will. But in that second half, they started lapsing on things, and you started to see things like Bogdanovich being able to go the hell off. Um, and that's a result of the Heat not being as consistent and you know, continuous as they're supposed to be in their process is cheating, allowing things that they shouldn't. And those are the habits that they had to get around. So, like I said, I do expect them to come out and compete against the pit. I mean, the Clippers, especially after this terrible loss to the Pistons and to Memphis. Um, but I need to see who's playing for the Clippers, man, because that's going to tell me exactly which Miami Heat team I'm getting. I think they're going to come out and fight hard either way. But I feel much better about a win if PGA and Kawhi playing, strangely enough. Right. 
you know, it's one of those things. And I mean, listen, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't necessarily call it strange because when you beat a team that's fully healthy, there's always the gratitude that comes with it. But at the same time, I do see where you're coming from because like we mentioned, you know, you, a team could have like LeBron, KD, Kawhi, PG, have all of the greatest players in the world right now and they could all not play and you could just have, the team could just be, the starting lineup could be a janitor, the hot dog guy, the um people who be selling the drinks and stuff. Who who else be working with the Heat? Um, the uh, one of the ushers maybe, and one of the security guards. It that, could be Jason Jackson. Yeah, like they can have that as the starting five. And Miami will still find a way to make that game competitive as hell. Like y'all already know, the, y'all already know how it is with this squad. So <laughs> at this point, it's like you just gotta see what happens. You know, would it be surprised if one of those guys ended up finishing the game with like thirty something points? Because y'all know how it be like with these random heat killers. I mean, we saw. Tyus Jones go off the other night, and we saw this man, um, Bogdanovich, go off yesterday. So it's only right that one of those guys would go off and have 30 against us. For me personally, I mean, like I said in the sponsorship, you know, I, I got the Heat winning if Kawhi and PG do play. If they don't, I mean, you know what? I'll say they win regardless simply because I just don't know how you don't go through these two embarrassing losses and don't play your heart out regardless of who plays and who doesn't. So if you're Miami, just go in there. And even though it's going to be hard for me to forget that y'all did not just go out there and do what y'all did these last two games, you know, at least y'all can try to make up for it by getting the job done tomorrow. So that's going to be my prediction. Heat win regardless of who plays. Overall, before we close it out, does anyone got something they want to add? Pat Riley, show yourself. <laughs> that's that's funny, man. So word is last night, um, I was reading the Twitter feed. They said um, Pat Riley sat with the whole uh, through the whole second half, most of it with his arms folded and he didn't clap until Duncan Robinson got that rebound, the rebound he got fouled on. That was his first time clapping in the second half. So he's showing himself. He just ain't happy. Um, Listen, I heard guys mention the Marcus Cousins, Boogie Cousins. Yeah, I'm not against that um, if that's the route they choose to go. But what about playing Orlando Robinson? Like, I don't understand how in the hell you bring Drew Smith. And I like Drew, so it's not a knock on Drew. Again, back to that whole Tyler thing, because we're saying this, it's not a knock on the player. But it's not a knock on Drew, but it's like what the Heat need at this moment is depth at their bigs. Like Dwayne Dedman can't stay out of the training room because um, he's been playing through plantar fascias. Plantar, um, yeah, plantar, his plantar fascia has been acting up, basically. I don't know what you – plantar fascias? I don't know. Whatever. Um, plantar fasciitis, that's it. I'm about to have a whole Kanye moment. My bad, guys. <laughs> um, long story short, and, you know, Yurt has been out since the beginning of the season and has yet to play. How about – you know, uh, sign the guy that you actually need. Like, they signed Orlando Robinson and then released him to bring Drew Smith back. I was so mind-blown. But that's all I got, man. Nah, for real. You know, it's overall, you know, there's a lot of options for the Heat. We'll just got to see what happens. But, you know, it's 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 definitely going to be a long few weeks. And I just really hope we can get things going again. This Lord knows we can't do no pods talking about Artie Heat finally turning the corner or whatever. Because I feel like that will always be the jinx for the squad. So 
I'm not even going to even think about it because that's literally what I thought after that game against the Celtics. I won't think it. I won't do any pods about it. I'm just let them handle their business. And then by the time the season is over, we'll go from there because I feel like at this point, I'm just jinxing the team by having whatever belief I have. (laughs) So there's that. But overall, you know what? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast. Thank you so much, Kevin and Kay, for hopping in. Make sure to follow Kevin at EasyMoneyKev7. And make sure to follow Kay at K underscore said underscore K. And then make sure to follow Heat vs. The World on all social media platforms at HVTW Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel at Heat vs. The World. We got all types of content heading your way, so you do not want to miss it. Aside from that, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Miami Heat, we believe in y'all still. Y'all might make us feel a little bad now and then because y'all kind of got us a little nervous after these past couple games, but we're still going to ride with you guys. So let's go out there, and I don't know, maybe by the time the next pod, y'all can go undefeated by then. We'll see what happens. But aside from that, thank y'all so much for tuning in. And until next time, hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.